Welcome to the Weekly Sprawl. You are tuned into episode 44. Today, we finally have some interesting NFL news to go over, so we're going to read and react to that, and then we're going to discuss the NFC North with some uh, interesting teams in that division, one uh, namely one of our uh, co-hosts is a huge fan of, and that'll be a fun conversation. Um, With me, I have Casey Sully and Matthew Durgan as per usual. How are you fellas doing today? I'm good. We finally get to talk about the best team in the NFL, and it's going to make it the best episode so far. The Vikings? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you nailed well, it. You nailed it. Well, well, I'm doing good because baseball appears to be back. So finally we get some real sports happening. Uh, UFC's been good the last few months, but need that live content, need live sports. Yeah, for sure. And I think baseball, is it like, what is it, like a 60-game season that they're doing? 60-game season starting end of July. So every game is going to matter. I think one of the biggest complaints about baseball is everyone's like, oh, there's so many games, who cares? No, every game is going to matter now. Yeah. So it'll be pretty cool. I'm excited. Might actually watch a game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, Let's dive into the, the first big news that happened. We have a potential stud safety that wants out of new york jamal adams wants to be traded he's officially requested a trade from the jets can you blame him i can't um so we'll see if they grant it to him but he named a few teams that he would prefer to go to ravens cowboys texans chiefs eagles 49ers seahawks and the tampa bay bucks where do you guys think he might end up what do you think either was most likely to happen or would be a good fit for him assuming the jets let him go well, all, all the direction right now is pointing towards Dallas. He's from Dallas. Uh, that's where the most hype is, obviously. There are the Cowboys. They're a massive team. But they have some salary cap issues that apparently he's okay with delaying a new contract if he goes to the team that you listed. So that's not going to be a huge deal. But one team that I am think might fly under the radar here are your Philadelphia Eagles. They have a need of safety. And he would cover up all the linebacking linebacker issues that I talked about last week. And they also had the cap space to possibly afford him. So while I think the Cowboys are the favorites, Eagles are the second one. But ultimately, he's staying with the Jets, at least for this upcoming season. They have no reason to trade him. Yeah, he's on contract with the Jets for two more years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they can franchise tag him or fifth-year option him if, if they want to. So I don't foresee him moving. And he really doesn't have any leverage. What is he going to hold out for two years? Uh, I highly doubt it. So I, I don't think he's going to be moved anywhere, uh, especially if the Jets want more than a first-round pick. Uh, I just don't see anyone trading two first-rounders uh, or a first and a second and then also paying him an insane contract that he wants. So I, I don't really foresee it happening. Uh, teams that popped up to me that I thought might be good fits are the Ravens and the Chiefs. Um, just because you want to win before you give Mahomes that contract or give Lamar Jackson that contract, now is a, an opportunity to put yourself over the top and sort of solidify your your Super Bowl window for the next couple of years. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be hurting for it in in a couple of years once you have to sign your quarterbacks, but um, it, it might be a good opportunity for them to sort of take the next step, especially the Ravens if if they feel like they're a step behind the the Chiefs. 
I'm with you, Casey. I don't think uh, if the if the asking price is more than one first round pick, I don't think it happens, and it probably would be more, rightfully so. I mean, they have, like you said, absolutely no reason to to let him go, and the fact that he's unhappy, but he is probably the best young safety in the game. I think we can all maybe him or Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, Minka, but um, it's 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 one A one B in my mind between those two, mm-hmm. and. I mean, as an Eagles fan, it would be amazing to slot him in in where Malcolm Jenkins kind of that void that he left um, now on the Saints. But I don't think it happens. I don't think he moves. I don't think the Jets are in any hurry to do it. And I don't think a team, a lot of these teams are in any hurry to trade away first round picks and um, a lot of assets. And then on top of that, have to give Jamal Adams a huge contract. So he he deserves to be paid. I'm not saying he doesn't, but... um, the Jets will hold on to him, I think, at least for one year and then kind of see what happens. Um, so I don't think he moves. I like, honestly, I think um, the Eagles are a fit scheme-wise. Cowboys, he is from Dallas. Um, the Ravens, I think, would be a scary team for him to go to, though. Like, slot him into that yeah. defense, that's terrifying. I would hate to. I would hate to be the Chiefs. I would hate to be whatever team ends up playing the Ravens in the Super Bowl at that point. But um, that that would be kind of a scary fit. Um, and then from a need perspective, I think the Eagles or the Cowboys are, are tops um, needing to bolster that secondary. I think the Jets won't trade them within the conference, which is why I also kind of focus more on the uh, Eagles and Cowboys. The Jets they might be a stupid franchise, but they're not that stupid. Uh, so that's why I think they'll keep them at the end of the day as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're not close to competing t- with whoever they trade them him to in the playoffs. So uh, if you trade him to the Ravens, he's not going to like beat you up. The Ravens were already going to beat you up. So yeah, it's exactly. Not like... But but you have, you have to think long term. I mean, Jamal Adams is going to be good for the next he five is. ten years. He so is. which is why yeah, they should yeah, just be... pay him. Yeah. Well, they they do, but not obviously what he wants. Yeah. Well, and if, it out, Jets. if the Ravens are yeah. willing to pay that asking price, let's say they come through with, and they don't really necessarily value draft picks as much at this point. They, they think this is their window and they want to win it. And they come through and say, we'll give you a first this year and a first next year. I mean, you take that, I think, even if it's yeah. in, in your own yeah. division. I, I, As a team that's rebuilding and you're not going to win in the next, in during Jamal Adams' rookie contract, and you're going to have to decide to pay him whether you not whether you want him or not. And let's say he doesn't even want to continue playing on the Jets at that point. Because he's, you know, angry that you basically forced him into this situation, you're better off getting something. If that's two first round picks, I, I would, t- I'd probably take that if I'm the Jets and use that to rebuild. Well, there's, there's one hypothetical I saw uh, from a Niners writer. Niners aren't going to get him, so that's that's off the table. But <laughs> if the Niners, for example, traded their first round pick this year, which will be, let's say, later than 25. I, assuming that they do well like, once again, mm-hmm. they could flip them a year from now and move up in the draft still. Let's say they wanted to move up to a team that had a 12th pick overall. That's moving up 13 spots for a year of Jamal Adams. Risky, very, very risky, but that mindset could come into play if you're the Ravens or if you're the Chiefs as well. Sure, but if he's set, so the, the only team he's willing to compromise on the contract with is for the Cowboys. So if he's going to refuse to show up if he doesn't have a contract, you're not going to get that year of him if you're trying to leverage him for a pick later. Yeah, it, it, it would take some convincing. It would take some convincing. Yeah, and then he's sure. one small injury away 
to from being from, an in, you done. know yeah. that's not an asset anymore in the draft. So exactly. But we'll see. We'll see what happens there with uh, Jamal Adams. Hopefully, it works out in his favor in one way or another, and um, that gets figured out. We have some other interesting news. Antonio Brown. Durkin, you want to you want to fill us in on this one? This is kind of weird. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how I feel about it, but um, yeah, yeah. So uh, Michael Silver of the NFL Network this morning reported that apparently the Baltimore Ravens and TLC Hawks are interested in uh, having Brown this season, and he's likewise interested in both those teams. Uh, Antonio Brown, I've used this phrase before, but the guy has more issues than a magazine stand. If I'm any team, I'm avoiding him at all costs. But the Seahawks have shown in the past to take on so-called troubled players. Uh, took on Josh Gordon last year, didn't work out. But they're not afraid because they have a strong leadership structure. I think that makes the most sense. But Marquise Hollywood Brown, the receiver on the Ravens, is his cousin. So that also might play into things. And as I wrote in our uh, Google Doc, Lamar needs all the help he can get. So it makes sense in that regard, too. I don't know that Lamar needs help. Um, but as far as the – I'll touch on that in a sec. But as far as the Seahawks go – uh, I think they still have the rights to Josh Gordon, and with the NFL and the new CBA, with uh, they're not suspending people for weed anymore. Um, they might potentially get him back, and he's still on their roster. So they've uh, already got their their guy there, I think. Um, but I'm I'm sort of with you. I don't if I'm a team, I'm not really going down the Antonio Brown road. Um, he's not shown that he's stable yet obviously we haven't talked to him or or anything like that um or seen him make a statement or anything but uh i i wouldn't be surprised if he never plays again um and as far as lamar jackson needing help i I don't think he does i think his cousin marquise brown hollywood brown uh film breakdown coming out on him this week by the way um so good timing on that but they got they got Mandrews, they got Hollywood Brown, they got Willie Sneed, they got some guys there, and Lamar Jackson had the fourth best uh, six game stretch in NFL history this last year. So that puts him behind only Tom Brady, who did it in 2007. He had a 136.2 quarterback rating. Peyton Manning did it in 2004. He had a 132.3 quarterback rating. Aaron Rodgers did it in 2011. He had a 130.6 quarterback rating. And then Lamar Jackson did it last year. He had a 130.3 quarterback rating. So uh, those are three surefire Hall of Famers. And Lamar Jackson passed. These are passing stats now, I, I would have you note, Durgan. Not running well, well, stats. Uh, let, let's, so, see, let's see how many uh, passing yards he had those games. Oh, yeah, 1,000 yeah, less than almost all of them. And a 25-to-1 touchdown-to-interception ratio, which is hey, also way better he, than them. Bring the ball down to the five-yard line and then throws it in. The, it's, it's harder to throw in the red zone than it is anywhere else on the field. 69.35% completion percentage. Uh, went 8-0 during that span. I don't know, man. It seems like he's he's he can be that team all by himself, and they don't need uh, a problem like Antonio I, Brown coming into the locker room. I, I don't want to get too off track here, but all my, my last comment is the noise. Bah, bah, you're a sheep following the NFL media's uh, love for Lamar Jackson. I think that was a goat year, sound for Lamar Jackson. This year actually, he'll be ex- this year he'll be exposed. He'll still be a good fantasy quarterback. That uh, <laughs> preview is coming up pretty soon. 
But you'll see. This is the year. I feel it coming. I still think you sounded a little bit like a goat, and you were you were calling Lamar Jackson the goat. So uh, that's what I'm going to tr- choose to believe, and that's what I heard. Um, I'll let Cyrus chime in now, though. <laughs> I'm with you, KC. Sorry, Durgan. I think Lamar Jackson is the real deal, and I think uh, it'll only get better from here as he works on his throwing mechanics and they provide him with more weapons. So I'm I'm all in on the Ravens. We've talked about it. Ravens, Chiefs, that's about it in the AFC, and I think the Ravens have a, as good of a chance as anybody. I don't see Antonio... Well, I, okay. I don't see Antonio Brown coming back to the league unless the contract that he accepts is extremely team friendly and you could they can basically cut ties whenever they want for whatever reason they want um if he takes a contract like that any team that feels like they have a good culture and a good coach and a good you know leaders in the locker room and veterans who can keep things stable should be willing to take a chance on him i mean he's he was he was in the discussion of best receiver in the league uh, at one point not too long ago so the talent is unquestionable, right? And and that's what talks. I mean, you know, you see a lot of players in the league that have had issues in the past, and they're they're still very successful on the field. I mean, like look at Tyreek Hill, for instance. Um, there's a lot of examples like that, and you know, it, it's unfortunate to a degree, but teams are sometimes willing to overlook some character issues if you're that talented. And Antonio Brown is that talented, so if he can come in, and he's still going to be eccentric and, you know, he's going to be himself. There's no way around that. But if he doesn't cause a distraction for the team and, that, and fo- is focused on winning, I, I don't see an issue. And I think if the contract makes sense and the uh, organization has a need at wide receiver, you you, you kind of have to take that chance at least and see what happens. Um, so I could see the Ravens doing it. I could see a team that's very well established and projected to be winning taking a shot on it for sure but my prediction would be if i was a betting man i don't think we see antonio brown in the league again all i gotta say is if you're a team and you want antonio brown just make sure you got his helmet ready to go his 10 year old (laughs) helmet that's out of date just make sure you got one of those in the equipment room and have it ready to go yeah and maybe a little extra padding just 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 to be safe just in case case. just in case um Let's uh, let's move on to the next piece of news here. So um, we have word from Anthony Lynn who says Kaepernick is on their workout list. Does Cap play in the NFL again? I know there's a lot of uh, pressure on the league to to kind of make right on some of the wrongs that they've they've uh, done in, in recent years. Do we see Cap on a roster anytime soon? I mean, I think it's three years too late. It, it's not so much. So three years ago, it was a whole thing. NFL was saying no, and Cap was saying yes. Lots of things have happened since then. He sued the league. He's got an undisclosed amount of money from them. And I think he has nothing to prove. I mean, he's going to be a backup or a third string, kind of battling for a roster spot. And does he want to do that? If I'm him, I don't want to do that. Why? Why Why would give anything to this league that essentially ended your career? Also, he hasn't played in three years. He's in his 30s. He was showing some signs of regression when he did play last. So I think while he says he wants to play, I don't think he wants to play. And I don't think he should want to play. I mean, it's not his fault that he's not playing as it is. Uh, That being said, if he were to play, I think Houston actually is a surprisingly good fit. Uh, I looked at their QB depth chart, and it's terrible after Watson. You have A.J. McCurran as your backup. And I'm pretty sure Colin Kaepernick with his left hand can be better <laughs> than A.J. McCarron. I mean, put him back there to run, and you'll do a better job than him. So uh, that's my prediction, but I think he's uh, I think he's done. 
Yeah, I, I don't know that he really wants to. I mean, he's, he's making a significant impact right now in the world, and that sort of seems where his, his heart is, is mm-hmm. uh, helping lead social change and restructuring police brutality and how police are, are operating in the communities and um, making sure people of color are having their voices heard and all that, and I think that's super important, and props to him for standing by his, his values and um, standing strong in the face of a lot of criticism from a lot of different people. Um, but is he good enough to start right now? I don't think he's going to be a preferred starter anywhere at this point. Um, is he better than almost every third string quarterback in the lead right now? For sure. Is he better than most second string guys? Probably. Um, but like you said, I think he's going to fight, have to fight for a second string job. Um, and I don't know if that's enticing enough for him to want to come back to be a backup. Um, so uh, maybe he still has the passion for the game and he wants to come back. And if that's the case, uh, I think he can play and be serviceable and uh, a tribute to, to any team um, in a backup role. I think Baltimore would be a super good fit because he fits right in the mold with their, their quarterbacks. They got Lamar, they got RG3, and then they would have, that's the trifecta of yes. mobile throwing quarterbacks right there. Um, so maybe if one of those guys goes down, uh, coronavirus or anything like that happens, I think he'd be a, a pretty seamless fit. You wouldn't have to change the offense or anything down, uh, over in Baltimore if, if if he wants to play. Yeah, I think that'd be a good fit, but I also think if you're Kaepernick, you look at that situation and there's just very little chance you see the field, so it's almost like, what's the point? You know, I, I, I don't see him... Yeah. I could easily see him saying that he'd accept like a backup role. Um, there's zero chance when i think about it that he's like yeah third string that's great i I don't see that happening i think anthony lynn and the chargers actually might be a situation where if he does get a workout and he performs well there's a lot of uncertainty at quarterback with the chargers we talked about it when we went over this this uh team in their division but i mean tarod taylor justin herbert a lot of unknowns tarod taylor barely played last season justin herbert none of us i don't think are big believers in him I mean, if Kaepernick comes in and plays well, not only could he secure the backup, but if, you know, if you see Terod Taylor playing very poorly and then you see Justin Herbert clearly not ready, who knows? You know, I mean, maybe you take a shot. Kaepernick has some some uh, first-string opportunity on, in San Diego. I'm not really sure what other team he could kind of look at and say, I have an opportunity to, to play more so than on the chargers and if the chargers are willing to give him a workout um i think it's a great fit personally and i think more teams really should be giving him a workout because i know that there's teams that need backups and the backup uh, quarterback position is extremely important and he in my opinion is probably one of the better backup options even three years uh removed from the game so We'll see. We'll see if this kind of sparks a, a flame, and, and other teams start to take notice and and feel as if it's okay to give him this this workout now that Anthony Lynn has taken uh, taken the first step. And and I, I really think it's a, a big move uh, for the Chargers organization. So let's let's see let's see how it goes. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, yeah. See how he plays. It's been three years, so if he still has the arm talent, who knows? Might have a chance. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's move on to our uh, main segment of the uh, episode, the NFC North, Casey's favorite division. B- 
because it hosts his favorite team, the Green Bay Packers, amongst a few others. Uh, let's dive in and kind of give our predictions, our takes on these teams, where we think they might end up, record predictions, any hot takes we might have, anything that might piss off Casey is always welcome as well, <laughs> um, whatever we really think is uh, relevant here. Durgan, we'll start with you. Uh, run us through what you think is going to shake out in the NFC North. Yeah, so uh, Casey liked this, actually. Uh, the Packers in first place, 11-5. and five. Yeah. Vikings, second place, 8-8. Eight and eight. Bears third six and ten and Lions and last at three and thirteen. I think I'm maybe overvaluing the Packers. I don't think they got any better, but I don't think anybody else in the division got any better. So if they play the same as they did last year, I think that's definitely for sure good enough to win the NFC North. And Aaron Rodgers, the I think the everyone thinking that he's gone downhill, that's this is wrong. I mean Aaron Rodgers can still play. He might not be as electric as he once was, but the guy is still a top quarterback in this league. My one big concern, though, is can they recover from the ass-whooping they took from the Niners last year when a team gets their manhood taken from them like they were? It's tough to bounce back from. I mean, we saw it with the Saints. They lost to the Rams in a very, very questionable way, and then they lost next year to the Vikings in the playoffs once again. So teams like that... it's tough to recover. And the way they lost when they were just, you know, bullied, I don't know. I don't know. They didn't improve that run defense at all. But that being said, uh, Aaron Rodgers, by far the best player in this division. He leads them to the top. Vikings, they got a tough schedule. No Stephon Diggs. Maybe no Dalvin Cook. I'm not a huge Dalvin Cook fan to begin with. I don't think he's worth the contract. Do like a backup. Alexander Madison, though. I, I This team, you know, I think they overachieved last year. They lost some guys on defense. Uh, they had some cap issues, so they had to move on. Uh, Mike Zimmer, hell of a coach. But I think this team kind of stuck in neutral for one year. Maybe makes a play in two years to get back in business. Then the Bears are a tough team to kind of figure out. Two years ago, playoffs, Trubisky looks okay. Last year, 8-8 eight eight somehow, but they looked terrible. Trubisky looked horrible. And the defense, how long are they going to be elite for? I mean, you have... Hicks, Trevathan, Quinn, all 30. You have Khalil Mack, who's 29, but coming off of possibly his worst season in a few years, only eight and a half sacks, which is pretty good, but not compared to his standards. I don't know if this defense can once again lead him to 500. Uh, and I don't think Matt Nagy is the offensive guru we all thought he was. And then finally, the Lions, 3-13. and Patricia is going to get fired by week 10. They have a tough first half of the schedule, easier second back half, so that maybe will help out the new coach they have. Defense, a lot of holes. They got Jeff Kuda. They have Trey Flowers. Besides that, not much. I think it's time to end the Matthew Stafford era. We've talked about him in the past. He doesn't suck, but I don't think he's going to be the guy that gets him over the top. I think it's time for a total rebuild. And they actually just announced today that their owner, the Ford family, the I forget the, the whoever's in charge, the mother, Mother Ford, Martha, uh, I believe. Martha, yeah, she's like 95 years old, so they are she's moving, stepping down, and her daughter is uh, coming up and now is the new uh, kind of face, I guess, of the franchise ownership. So I think they'll uh, want to make some changes after the year is over. 
Yeah, for sure. And and it'll be interesting to see if the Niners can sort of recover from uh, maybe the second biggest collapse in Super Bowl history. And if the choke (laughs) artist coach um, that manages to throw away games uh, in the biggest ones and the the biggest stage in the Super Bowl, um, the last two times he's been there, he's thrown it away. Uh, with poor play calls, well, you, you uh, so it'll be interesting first. to see. You yeah, get there first. It'll be interesting to see if the Niners can recover from that, and, and if well, he's learned anything now that he's been a head coach for a while and been to the playoffs one time. We'll have my uh, rebuttal in two weeks, but uh, <laughs> don't talk bad about the best young coach who just got a contract extension and taught your coach everything he knows, not everything that Shanahan knows. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm all all jokes aside. Shanahan's a very good coach. Um, and on on your thoughts on our defense, I agree. Uh, I don't think the Packers uh, prove themselves to be title contenders, and I don't think they will until that defense is fixed, especially the run defense. Um, I think that's the biggest issue, and they need one more weapon for Rodgers, and then I think they're firmly within the realm of, of actually competing for a Super Bowl because it's not just the 49ers. It's the Chiefs and the Ravens and the Titans and those guys too. Um, it's the Saints. Um, so are they on that tier? I don't think so. I think they're like a half step behind. Could they beat any one of those teams on their best day and one of those teams, you know, 75% day? I think so, but it's going to take the Packers best every single game to be able to beat those guys. Um, so neither of the issues that I feel like are facing the Packers was addressed in the off season. Um, they didn't fix the run defense. They didn't draft a receiver. Um, I, like you said, Rodgers is still capable of playing at a really, really high level. Um, physically, he's still there. He can make every throw, but mentally, he he's a little hesitant. He lacks trust in the system. Um, he's he's very reluctant to throw over the middle. Um, and I was looking at some stats, and Rodgers throws short or intermediate middle 24.6% of the time, which is last in the NFL. Um, for some context, uh, Russell Wilson is the next lowest at 31.5. So Russell Wilson's six percentage higher than uh, Aaron Rodgers. And Matt Ryan is the highest at almost 50%, 49.4%. So Rodgers is throwing it over the middle half the amount of times that uh, Matt Ryan is. And data shows that that's the easiest place to complete a pass. So it, it makes sense linearly, right? You're throwing shorter passes than way outside towards the sideline. Um, the ball has to be in the air longer. Defenses have longer time to react. Uh, it's harder to make those long throws. So the logic follows easier to complete balls over the middle, but Aaron Rodgers isn't throwing over the middle. So that's a big issue. Um, and it's some sort of mental block. I don't know if it's tied in with his recurring issues, with his, his injuries, the two collarbones, the knee, um, whether he's just a little bit more hesitant and jumpy in the pocket or, or what. Um, but if he doesn't fix those, it, they're, they're going to struggle, especially in Matt LaFleur's offense, who's molded off really what Kyle Shanahan is doing in that play action. you got to be able to throw those crossers and uh, those little hooks over the middle and, and take the deep shots on the posts and stuff like that. So if he's not doing that, they're, they're not going to have success in that system. Um, and not to add fuel to the fire, but maybe if Rodgers can't get it done, and Jordan Love is willing to throw over the middle, there's a guy there that he can teach and mold uh, behind Rodgers whenever Rodgers leaves, and, and he'll sort of be primed to like, hey, you need to attack the middle, and you need to um, understand our system and where we want to, want to push the ball to. So um, all that being said, I have the Packers at 12-4, and four, the number three seed in the NFC. Um, I don't think 
the receiver issues are going to show up too much unless Devontae Adams goes down. Uh, I think they're probably going to go to more heavy personnel. So they have Jay Sternberger, which is going to be a second-year tight end. I think he probably would have been the number one tight end picked this year, um, even though he was you know three or four or five last year, um, just because the tight end class this year was not very deep. Um, so they have Jay Sternberger. They drafted Josiah DeGuara. Um, who's like an H tight end type guy. They have Jamal Williams, they have Aaron Jones, and they drafted A.J. Dillon. So I think you're going to see a lot of 21 personnel, a lot of 12 personnel, maybe even some 22 personnel. Um, and when you have that many big bodies on the receivers or uh, on the field, you don't have as many receivers, obviously, right? So if you have two tight ends and two running backs, you only need two receivers. So you have uh, Devontae Adams and some other guy. So if you have a really good third receiver, you know, that doesn't really help you. So I think that's sort of why they strayed away from, from drafting a receiver as they sort of plan to go heavy. So um, that's sort of my take on the Packers. I know that was long-winded. But uh, next I have the Vikings going 11-5. and five. Um, getting the number five seed in the NFC. And ultimately, I think the division is going to come down to between the games between the Packers and the Vikings. And um, if Dalvin Cook is, is holding out in week one, that's when the Packers play the Vikings. So if the Packers can beat a Dalvin Cookless Vikings team in week one in Minnesota and then play them again later in the year at home, uh, I think that might be the deciding factor. Uh, as far as tiebreakers go in the division, uh, we saw the Packers dominate the Vikings last year when Dalvin Cook didn't play. Um, I think Jefferson was a really good pickup for them. I like Cousins a lot, but there's no Linval Joseph. There's no Stefan Diggs, uh, and those two losses really hurt him. Uh, I'm not sure if that offensive line is going to sort of be able to help cover for the loss of Diggs long enough for Jefferson to develop and, and get the offense rolling. So uh, I think they're going to be a really solid team, but nothing flashy, nothing wow factor. Um, and sort of be middle of the pack and, and maybe win a, a wild card game and, and lose in the divisional round. Um, Lions, surprisingly, got them at 9-7. They're not making the playoffs, but they're going 9-7. and seven. Maybe Patricia will keep his job sort of like Dan Quinn did, pull some magic out of his out of his head as Jason Witten would say, or a rabbit out of his head as, <laughs> as Jason Witten would say. Um, they have two really good running backs with uh, on Johnson and Swift. They have good skill guys outside. They got a good tight end in Hawkinson. Stafford, if Stafford's healthy, they'll put up a ton of fucking points, like a ton of points. Um, can that defense get it done? And that's Patricia's calling card. I'm not sold on it. Um, but even if they're just average, that might be enough for them to start winning games. Um, this team was right with some of the best early on in the year last year. They they played the Packers really close. They probably should have beat the Packers twice, to be honest. Um, they should have beat the Chiefs. Um, they had a, a play called back, um, but they were right there with at the end, and there was a scoop and score. Um, and then they beat a relatively healthy Eagles team early on in the season. So they looked really good going into the bye. I think they were 3-2-1, and one, uh, and then the wheels sort of fell off the train there, and, and they collapsed. Um, and then the Bears finishing off at three and thirteen. They just don't have a quarterback, and you need a you need a quarterback to win in this league. The offensive line is kind of a mess. It it sh- it shored up a little bit. They shuffled some guys around last year, um, and, and it became somewhat better. But uh, like, who do they have? They have Tariq Cohen and David Montgomery, and that's sort of it. They signed Jimmy Graham. That's how desperate they are for for skill guys outside. Um, and as a Packer fan, I saw Jimmy Graham last year. He ain't got it no more. So, uh, what about Allen Robinson? 
I, when I when when was the last time you heard about him making a play? Well, he's he's had some injury issues, but I mean he's talented. Sure, sure, yeah, but you yeah, got no quarterback throw to throw. Yeah, yeah. 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 don't want to throw him the ball. So true. I just can't see him scoring enough points to to consistently to to be able to beat teams, even if their defense is transcendent. Shockingly, I got rebut. Allen Robinson had eleven hundred yards receiving last year, and I had zero idea he huh. had even over like a hundred. <laughs> you didn't hear about him last year. I heard yeah, nothing about him last year. I had him on my uh, so fantasy quiet. team, so that's why I basically—I mean, I don't really follow the Bears that closely, you know. But <laughs> yeah. um, but he was producing for he you. was producing for me, and it was sort of an under the radar selection. So I think don't count him out. I mean, he's he's got all the tools of a number one, just in a kind of a bad situation. But anyways, I digress. Yeah. yeah. No, that was that was my synopsis on the NFC North. Okay. Now you you have the insider look. <laughs> I like it. I like definitely not biased with that twelve and six on the Packers at all, or twelve and four. I should well, say Well, twelve and four. Yeah, we're not going to play two extra games and lose them. Twelve and four. Twelve and four. Well, that's including the two preseason games. The twelve and six. <laughs> uh, we lose our preseason there games. There you go. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I honestly agree with a lot of what you said, and I'll try to go through my predictions here without any glaring redundancies. Um, but. I also have the Packers winning this division. Um, I have them at 11-5. and five. They have the 15th hardest strength of schedule in the NFL next season, which happens to be the easiest out of this division. So I think they have a great opportunity to, to win this division. Um, my main concern, which I think is going to be the concern of, of most people, is that run defense, as well as the fact that I feel like they didn't get tremendously better um, on offense. They they bolstered that running back room. Listen, I think AJ Green, AJ not AJ Green. That would be great if you had AJ Green, right? AJ <laughs> Dillon, excuse pumped. me, AJ Dillon. I think will have a bigger impact than a lot of people think, and I think he's going to be sort of a, more of a scheme fit for Lafleur than than what uh, Aaron Jones and, and Jamal have been. But um, I really didn't like your draft, and I, I know a lot of people bashed it. Um, it just wasn't great. Like honestly, hey, I, I didn't like it either. So well, I, I know, and I, I think the consensus was that it was one of the worst. Just, but uh, we've we've discussed that you can't really evaluate a draft now, right? I mean, what if all the players turn out to be studs? You know, you don't know. But um, just surface value, it, there was some positional needs. If you just took a, a wide receiver, like literally anywhere in the draft, it would have made it a little bit easier to process. But. Uh, this team will be interesting to watch because for the first time in Aaron Rodgers' career, it looks like they're going to kind of go to a run-first approach, which has never really been the case for Aaron Rodgers. And so this will either help him out a lot as he ages or it could hurt him. And, you know, his, his stats will inevitably, his throwing stats will inevitably go down. His efficiency won't. He's, I mean, he's the most efficient quarterback in the history of football. And I've said it before, you know, he's in my top five all time. So... We'll see. Lafleur's second year. He's got. I think he's got a lot to prove in the second year. It's his. It's his. This is the year where he needs to take that jump as a head coach. And you know, your it's your system all the way. Um, you know, you've had a you've had an off season, a full off season. Granted, it's it's a weird off season, and there's obviously a lot different than than usual. But very concerned with just having basically Devonte Adams as as a primary uh, target for Aaron Rodgers. I mean. You're one injury away, and we saw it last year when when Devontae Adams went down. It was bad. It was stagnant. You guys look like the Philadelphia Eagles out there, with you know. <laughs> right. We beat the Super Bowl champion Chiefs. 
you know, and I'll have you know, we signed Devin Funches. Okay, so our oh, receiver problems are <laughs> okay. Devin Funches. All right, Devin Funches to the rescue, I guess. I mean, he's he's solid, but um, I think you get what I'm saying. Where no, it, I, I agree. Yeah, I agree it would have been you. nice to kind of bolster that receiving room a little bit, um, but. I think that this team is still poised to win this division, and so I have them at eleven and five. The next team I have is the Vikings at ten and six. Um, solid draft. I I like Justin Jefferson. I don't think he's a game changer. I don't think he's as good as Stephon Diggs. Jeff Gladney is going to be a really good corner for them. Um, how soon they contribute, I'm not sure, and it may not be immediate. So that's why I'm hesitant to say that the Vikings got better, because if they don't have Dalvin Cook and then you lose Stephon Diggs. I think that team is significantly worse than they were last year, um, unless Justin Jefferson comes in and has a big impact, which I don't know that happens right away. It takes some time for rookie receivers to have um, to meet to meet their potential usually. So I'm a little uncertain. I think the ten and six might be more of a ceiling for the Vikings and their floor being eight and eight. So we'll see what happens there. But the the Lions, I think, are honestly the most interesting team in this division because I could see them. I could see them finishing where Durgan predicted them at three and thirteen, which is kind of absurd, but that's fine. We've we've grown accustomed to Durgan's <laughs> Durgan stakes, which they add character to this podcast. We love them, but I could also see them being second in this division at ten and six. They kind of had Chargers syndrome last year. They lost a lot of close games, and then I think they lost eight to close out the season in a row, some, mm-hmm. something along those lines. And it, it, you know, it was a rough season overall. But Stafford is the second best quarterback in this in this division. And the first is not Kirk Cousins. It's obviously Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. So Stafford is great, man. Like Most teams would love to have a, a player like Stafford at the helm. It's just they haven't really done much um, in recent history to give, to, give him, to give him the weapons, give him, put him in a position to win. And, you know, this defense got worse. They signed Jeff Okuda, great corner. He's going to be an impact player. But you lost Darius Slay. I don't know that that equals out. You signed Desmond Trufant, not really what he used to be at the corner position. So I really don't believe in this defense. I like DeAndre Swift and Carryon Johnson as that one-two punch. Kenny Galladay is a legit receiver in this league. If anybody tells you otherwise, they're wrong. Hawkinson's a great tight end if he's healthy. And I think this offense is poised to put up points, like Casey said. But they're going to lose some games because of this defense. You upgrade this defense, this is the second-best team in the division. I think they're better than the Vikings if they have a good defense. And that's because I think Matt Stafford is better than Kirk Cousins. But that being said, this team will probably go eight and eight. The locker room is kind of a mess. I've said it before. Matt Patricia is probably bottom five head coaches in the league. One of my least favorite head coaches in the league. Um, they play some pretty strong teams outside of the division. I mean, you got the Saints, the Titans, the Bucks, and the division's pretty strong in general. So I, I. Don't think they do better than nine and seven, but I have them at eight and eight as as my prediction. And my hot take for the Lions is Matt Patricia gets fired regardless of what they finish at, and they move on to a new head coach next season that's more offensive minded to take advantage Hopefully. of uh, Stafford's talents. Lastly, as with uh, Casey's take as well, not Durgan's surprisingly, I have the Bears in last place, uh, <laughs> but I have them at seven and nine. They won the division mm. two years ago. They have an army of tight ends to come into the NFC North. I think they have like 14 <laughs> tight ends on their roster. Yeah, right literally now. an army. They literally have an army of tight ends. They're going to do a basketball what team. Would, of tight what ends. would the scheme personnel be called if it was just all tight ends? Uh, I don't know. Big, Jumbo. Big, big, big boy. Big boys are us. Big boys are us. <laughs> army, army, 
army personnel. We'll call it that. Tight end army. But yeah. this is a top 10 defense. I know they're a little older, as Durgan mentioned, but they still have talent. And you still have one of arguably the best players at their respective position in Khalil Mack. Uh, the questions are all on offense, right? Allen Robinson, Tariq Cohen, the offensive line is trash and you didn't do anything to fix it. And then you bring in Nick Foles, $21 million guaranteed. Like, I don't know what they're doing and I don't like it. I, it it's just not, if I'm a Bears fan, I'm kind of like, oh God, you know, what, like what, what, like what? And nothing they did this off season really excites me. So I don't see them exceeding seven and nine. They're not going to go above 500. And I think you putting Nick Foles in a situation where you don't provide him with a good offensive line, which is what he had in Philly when they won the Super Bowl. Um, so he's going to be under pressure a lot. He's, I don't think he's going to, he's going to live up to that $21 million guaranteed. And I think it's going to be a struggle for the bears, but I like Matt Nagy a lot. I'm a big believer in him as a coach. And I think he, if he can take Trubisky and make him a pro bowler and get him to probably should have gone deeper in the playoffs. If they didn't miss that double doink against the Eagles, the field goal, um, you know, if, if he can coach Trubisky to look like a serviceable quarterback, I think he can make Nick Foles look solid too. And I think he can at least get to seven and nine this year. I got one question to ask all you guys. If the Bears had gone with Cam Newton instead of Nick Foles, do you think they're a possible playoff team? Yes. Yes as well, Borderline. but I also think that it's not too late. It's not. It's not. Oh. But uh, their cap uh, situation is not too great. But I'm uh, thinking about it while we're talking. If they Cam, I'm not a Cam Newton fan. In the past, I've talked about that. But if he was on this team with Nagy, who could kind of play to his weaknesses and use his athleticism, I think this team would be at worst eight and eight. I still think. Without him, I still think they could go eight and eight. They could. I mean, be Nietzsche Besky or Foles to uh, not suck, which yeah. is tough to do. Well, Trubisky's going to suck, so I think yeah. it's Foles. <laughs> in their in their playoff year, though, Trubisky was running. A lot. He had like something like 500 yards rushing or something like that. The pro bowler. Playoff year. Yeah. The pro bowler. It's crazy. Yeah, it's weird to think yeah. back to the fact that Trubisky was a pro bowler. And then now yeah. he's... Two yeah. years ago, Matt, Matt Nagy was head coach of the year. Yeah, and they were in the seat. playoffs and Trubisky was a pro bowler. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Is this an alternate dimension? Like what? <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. It's the NFL, you know. You, on one moment, you're at the top of the division. Next moment, the bottom. Yeah. Not for long. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, also, I, go ahead, go, go ahead, Derek. I was gonna say really quickly about the Packers and mentioned Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Do not draft Aaron Jones fancy this year. There is no way he replicates last year's twenty touchdowns as long as AJ Dillon is healthy. No way. Well, the one caveat to that is if everybody is in that boat and not drafting Aaron Jones, and then he falls, you know. Spoiler, I'm doing a uh, running back fantasy preview right now, and ESPN has him going early second round. That's too soon. And I'm like, no chance. No chance. Yeah, that's too soon. It's going to be It's. So if you give it, it's going to be by committee. Give him the third or fourth. Yeah. yeah exactly. Give him the third or fourth no. round, maybe. But early second round, no way. Yeah, that's, that's recency bias right there based on last yeah. year. I mean, I don't see that. I don't see him replicating that, but... Oh yeah. Sure. yeah, I think the yardage might be similar, but there's no way. Uh, Twenty touchdowns in a year is is that's a that's nuts. incredible. Yeah, that's yeah. uh, really tough to do. And Aaron Jones, our guy, like one of our tweets, we are friends with Aaron Jones. Yeah, shout out Aaron yeah. Jones, man. We're, we're, we're homies. A, I mean, I, we have to say that might be our favorite player 
going to be yeah. viral. Yeah. No, Steven Jackson also liked Steven one Jackson, of our, yes. our, our tweets. So Steven we're getting Jackson, pretty popular, guys. If you're not following us yet, you probably should be. Yeah. Let's. That's a good segue. Let's wrap things up here on episode 44 of the Weekly Spiral. And please, please go check us out and follow us like NFL players are doing left and right with Steven Jackson and Aaron Jones. Um, <laughs> check out our website, weeklyspiral.com. You can find all of our social handles as well as the latest and greatest in content from Casey and Durgan. Um, we are putting a lot of effort, specifically Casey at the moment, into our YouTube channel. We have a lot of really cool video content, and we're hoping to make more. So please check that out as well, youtube.com slash weekly spiral. It would be greatly appreciated. You guys have anything coming down the pipeline that you want to shout out to the beautiful listeners here? Uh, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, uh, is the film breakdown this week. So check that out and uh, see how he helped uh, Durgan's favorite quarterback, <laughs> play really well this year nice and that's gonna be on youtube yeah yep awesome be on youtube awesome. check that out awesome Thurgan, what about you so tuesday i dropped the nfc gambling preview wednesday today uh i am dropping a justin fields prospect breakdown did that last week with trevor lawrence had some good success with it so i'm doing it again with justin fields the ohio state quarterback and then finally on friday bringing back fancy fridays I want to check out some overhyped fancy players. Nice. Okay. Maybe Aaron Jones is and one I'd, of them. Spo- spoiler, <laughs> spoiler, Lamar Jackson's on that oh, list. Oh, boy. Oh, overhyped. here we go again. I don't know. Fantasy-wise, I don't think he can be overhyped. But. Well, I'm just saying ESPN has him as, like, the top quarterback and, like, the top player, the first-rounder, and I'm like, no. I mean, there's, still, there's, still, there's still a guy in Kansas City who can throw any pass in the whole world who's better. Yeah, but in fantasy, those rushing yards and those rushing touchdowns are pretty—they're pretty yummy. Well, if you read the article on Friday, you'll I, see why. I'm gonna I have to. Yeah, I might have to as well. <laughs> Anyways, this go. has been a weekly spiral production, bringing you fresh football every week. Thank you again for tuning in. Uh, we really appreciate. It. We hope whatever else you get up to the rest of the day, morning, night, whatever time you're listening to this, it is awesome, and we look forward to doing this again next week for episode 45.